I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite- Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step Clumping Cat Litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliate. Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the keys to discover real connections and one-of-a-kind experiences. It all starts with expert itineraries where everything is taken care of. With Trafalgar, your money goes further, and so do you. Unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith, and you know what we're talking about today. We are talking about the court case. A decision was made. Washington State, Oregon State, congratulations. You've won round one because obviously an appeal is coming. We're going to talk about that. I have an audio clip that I'm going to play. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a video clip from the... um, From the whatever whatever it's called the is it the i keep wanting to say delegation liberation the word is escaping me right now as far as the session we'll just call it that the court session which was like over three hours long the most intriguing soundbite that came from that i'm going to play for you on this show and we're going to talk about it because it's something that the university of washington's lead attorney said and it's shedding some light Possibly, I'm wondering, is it foreshadowing what we could see begin to happen moving forward? So before I get into any of it, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please, please, please leave a five-star rating, leave a positive review. Let's keep driving this thing up into the algorithm, growing this show, growing this channel. And on YouTube, man, we are so close. We're less than 50 away from 4K, less than 50 away from 4K. Can we get there by Thanksgiving? Can we get there by Christmas? Can we get there by New Year's? I don't know what goal to set on it, but let's get to 4K. 4K by New Year's Day, that has a ring to it. I think we could do better than that. I think we can get there quicker. But if you're not subscribed, please hit subscribe and let's get to it. So as I said at the top, Oregon State, Washington State, the judge ruled in favor of them. They won Uh, Basically, they win as the two board members. They win control over the assets. Obviously, they're wanting to utilize those in order to rebuild the conference. We've talked about that on this channel. The departing 10 were given a week, I think, till the end of the week to file an appeal. 
Um, they're going to appeal it. I mean, it was someone from their side that came and requested that. And um, I'm going to get right to this, man. Because perhaps the most intriguing part, I said, of this three-hour session was Dan Levin, the University of Washington's lead attorney, um, said something interesting. So we're going to watch this clip if you're on YouTube. I'm going to let you hear it if you're on one of the streaming platforms. Then we're going to talk about it. And I would love, love, love to get your thoughts. All right, here we go. Um, and the last thing I'd say, Your Honor, is on this question of dissolution. Because Mr. McMichael called it a novel argument that the members could dissolve the conference if they wanted to. Your Honor, with respect, it's not novel. It's what the California statute says in black and white. If the bylaws don't provide a mechanism for dissolution, then it is up to the voting power of the association to decide whether to dissolve. And the bylaw, the excuse me, the California statute goes on to say, the voting power of the association resides in the members. The cases are absolutely clear on this. It's simply the fact that the members could decide to dissolve if they wanted. Of course, in all this time during these proceedings and before, no member has called for such a vote. No member has tried to dissolve. But this injunction that they're asking for, and the reason we put this in our papers, is because this injunction is not going to address that issue. That issue is simply a separate issue about should the members choose, a majority of the members choose to dissolve the conference, which I will say no one has attempted to do with as I stand here today, but it is simply not something that they need board control to prevent or to um, make happen. It's just not a decision that's committed to the board. It's a totally separate decision. They talk about their papers, but they have no contrary law and they have no other reading of the statute. Okay, so let's let's unpack this for just a second, right? This was said towards the end of the three-hour session. Um, I think if I remember correctly, this was right before the judge made his ruling. So it was like a three-hour and 10-minute long um, Zoom session. And this was in like at, at around two hours and 50 minutes, I believe it was. And he's talking about the issue of dissolution. So let's, let me just remind you the significance of around the issue of dissolution, because we've actually talked about it on this channel and it's been an ongoing sort of lingering topic throughout this process, which is what? If the PAC conference were to vote to dissolve or as the, um, I think the terminology is if they, they notify the NCAA that they were to cease operations. Then all of the money, all of the assets goes back to the, the, I should say all of the units would go back to the respective teams that earn those units. Obviously, most of those units would go to departing teams. Those departing teams would like to have those units to help with their transition to the new conference, okay? However, the remaining pack two, they're saying, no, we want to keep all of these assets so that we can utilize them to sustain ourselves and to rebuild this conference. What he's saying, this attorney, University of Washington's lead attorney, is it, I said it already, Dan, ah, Dan Levin, I believe it was, if I could find, there it is. Yeah, Dan Levin. It's almost like he's making a point while threatening another point. What do I mean when I say that? 
And sort of this closing statement, he's trying to make the argument that Oregon State and Washington State want the board authority as a way to prevent the other 10 departing members from voting to dissolve and cease operations for the conference. He's saying them having full board voting control is totally irrelevant as it pertains to ceasing the conference voting to cease operations or not. Because apparently a process for that is not clearly stated in the PAC bylaws. And according to what he just said is when it's not clearly stated in the PAC bylaws, you go to state law, California state law, which he said gives the, it says that voting to cease operations is up to the voting power to decide and the voting power resides with the members, not the board, not who has voting rights of the board, the members. So as of right now, even the 10 departing schools, they're still members of the conference. So apparently, and to me, this is like a bombshell that came out of this whole uh, thing yesterday is the fact that Per California state law, based off what he just said, if what he just said is 100% accurate, which I have no reason to believe it's not, uh, given that he just used it in court, that the power to dissolve the conference resides with the members, regardless of what happens with this court case. So it's almost like he was using it in his closing argument as a way to say, as a way to discredit Oregon State and Washington State's case saying, listen, the reason why they're wanting this power is because they're afraid that the rest of the, the members are going to, the departing members are going to vote to dissolve if they keep their board, their, 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 their voting rights. But that it's two separate things. And then he also made sure to clarify, and that has never been a conversation. That has never been something that's been on the table. But it's almost like he said it as a way to sort of almost almost backhandedly threaten and say, hey, I just want to remind everybody here, regardless of what happens with this court decision, we still will have power to dissolve this conference. So it's almost like he threw that out there knowing they were about to lose the case and we're going to have to appeal as a way of giving the departing 10 some leverage to try and negotiate a settlement Maybe even before they file a motion to appeal, which that came later, like in the last few minutes. Um, I don't know all the legal jargon, guys and gals. I'm, my apologies. But one of the attorneys had come up and said, it may have even been him, to, to, for the judge to leave something open until the end of the week so that they have, they're able to file an appeal. And then the, the other attorney said they had no problem with that as long as it was till the end of the week. But I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. And, and, and how much could that impact this thing as it plays out? Like the way I understand that is even if this thing goes to the Supreme Court and Oregon State and Washington State win and get control of the assets per California state law, the other 10 can just say, okay, well, we're just going to vote to dissolve this thing. And per NCAA bylaws, if a conference ceases operations, the units get dispersed back to the, um, the, the, the members who earned them. So like, this is getting wild to me. So it's like on one hand, this is a great day for Oregon State, Washington State. 
But then on the other hand, with this piece of information, how is that going to impact things? Was it leverage? And we're about to have a settlement come to be maybe, but before the end of the week, maybe, maybe before the appeal, the, the they file a motion to appeal. Um, because obviously the Supreme court can rule in favor for the pack too. But yeah, like the departing 10 could still vote prior to August 1st, I guess, of next year when they officially become members of their new conferences. So man, listen, I didn't watch like all three hours, like intently or anything like that. I kind of just browsed through. I kind of tried to read some of the different articles and catch some of the highlights and um, that particular clip stuck out to me. And I would love to know your thoughts on that because really where we go from here, it's where it's about to get interesting. You know, um, weeks ago, maybe even a month or so ago now, I was thinking that all of this was going to leverage the pack to into getting power five invites, but man, now it's almost reached this point of an all or nothing kind of deal. Either they're going to win it all like they just did. But I, the only reason why I'm, I'm, I'm not talking like that's a definite concrete thing, because you know, an appeal is coming. But it's like they're either going to get it all and go rebuild the conference or they're going to get outnumbered with a vote to dissolve and <laughs> freaking now what? Now they're stuck to join a conference. Um, you know, which obviously I guess likely right now would be the the Mountain West. But thinking this through, okay, first off, I'm glad this came up because this whole dissolution thing that has kind of peeked its head out throughout the course of this round of realignment, even with the American conference that Mike Oresco was looking to to cut out vote out certain teams so to merge with the you know all that and then then there was just it it always seemed like such a gray area like people were just pulling stuff out of thin air how do you dissolve when you got these contracts in order well the the thing that makes the pack unique right there is no media deal right now so they're 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 on an expiring media deal contract and according to this attorney in the state law of california which I guess is where the pack is governed by. Right now, the departing 10 could vote. So my question is, this thing gets appealed. It goes to the Supreme Court. What's to stop the departing 10 from voting to dissolve the conference? You know what I mean? Like what, what's to stop that? Um, and then would the pack to Oregon State, Washington State have any leverage to challenge that, even though they are outnumbered? Do they have any leverage to challenge whatever that California state law actually says? Because he didn't actually read the law. He just sort of quoted it or, or paraphrased it or stated, you know. I mean, I guess he used, I guess he quoted it. Yeah, he said, up to the voting power to decide and the voting power resides with the members. And he was basically saying it's two separate deals. So, ha! So where do we go from here? Do we have a settlement happen? something that that keeps the departing members happy, something that allows the the two remaining schools to um, retain enough assets to be able to rebuild the conference from the ground up, Uh, whether that's work with the Mountain West to get scheduling, or do they just start poaching teams right now? 
Um, Cause then you got to factor in the CFP situation. How does that impact? You know, like how does what the PAC two decide to do impact their standing with the CFP committee, not just in the next two years, but then beyond. And so I was looking at it with the mountain West. So if they're going to poach from the mountain West, I just went and looked and saw, okay, the top, and I don't think Air Force would make that cut personally. And from the American Conference perspective, if the Pac-2, with all these assets they just won control over, is able to rebuild with backfilling with some of these teams like Boise State, Fresno State, San Jose State, San Diego State, UNLV, and Wyoming, and I just selected those teams, one, geographically, you, you want to get all the teams, I would think, that are in California, which is Fresno and San Jose State. Then you got Wyoming and Boise that are up there as well. Then you have UNLV with that presence in Las Vegas. And not only that, but one, two, three, four, five of those teams are in the top six teams in the conference right now for football. Then, of course, you throw San Diego State in there, Southern California region, and even though their football team sucks right now, their football team has the potential to be good. Their basketball team is coming off the final four. Like, I'm just saying that's a team that's going to get, you know, they're going to get an invite. So I'm saying if that's the six they go after to get to eight teams, and now you got Air Force and Colorado State, I mean, could those teams come back into the fold for the American Conference and maybe some of the other four that are left hanging? And then what happens with those four that are left hanging if that's what even happens, right? It's like, are we going to see another round of realignment with the pack looking to poach? Or are we going to see this relegation idea come into play? You know, or, or some sort of partnership, scheduling partnership between the pack two. But if the pack two have the assets and they have what they need to go get the teams to rebuild the conference, What's stopping them from just taking those six teams they want from the Mountain West? Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, where does this leave the American Conference? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure they're going to be on the immediate radar. Maybe if they look to expand from 8 to 12 in the future, now maybe they start to give a look at some of these American Conference teams, but I'm not so sure. I just don't know. I, I have to think this through a little bit more. Um and I'm curious to know your thoughts. But the main thing I wanted to get to today was that audio soundbite. Because that, not only does it bring up dissolution in an actual legal framework, but we actually hear some, some you know, law, legal jargon around what that process could look like. So if you're Oregon State, Washington State, if you're a West Coast person, Mountain West, whoever, like, let me know your thoughts on this, okay? And look, before you come at me about the teams I chose that would get poached, I'm not saying those are the teams they would go after. I just, as I mentioned, my logic was you have all the California teams, and then I just went, who are the top five teams not named Air Force? I just, I don't know that Air Force gets that look. You know, Service Academy, I don't know that, not knocking Air Force. Personally, I would love to see Air Force in the American Conference with Army and Navy. I just don't know that they would get that look, especially if the PAC retained that Power 5 or that Auto 5 status. 
Um, so that was my reasoning there, but you know, you may think, oh no, it would actually be these schools, these schools or these schools or whatever. Or maybe they, maybe they go after more than six, maybe they go after eight and then that throws air force and Colorado state in there. I don't know. Of course you got Utah state as well. So this, this is interesting, man. And I'm curious to see what comes out between now and Friday. Will a motion to appeal be filed? Will a settlement a settlement agreement be made. Let me know your thoughts tomorrow. Maybe I'll dive in a little bit deeper of how this could impact realignment as it pertains to, you know, I kind of touched on it in this episode, but maybe go a little deeper into like where the American conference could get involved and the, you know, how this might, how this thing might shake out between the mountain West. Cause it's really weird that it seems like it could go either way. This could destroy the Mountain West Conference or it could be the best thing ever for the Mountain West Conference. I'm just not so sure. Like knowing now that there could be a vote to dissolve regardless of who wins this court case. I mean, that really changes the game for me and just as far as my perspective on it. But anyways... That's it for me today. Thank you so much for watching and listening to another episode of the College Underdogs Podcast. That's it for me, Trey Smith, signing off. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step Clumping Cat Litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.